So we're we're a Christian um, group of guys, and we're all followers of Christ. And I do want to talk a little bit about this. And I look up, and he's trying to click the camera on, and I go, "72." My strategy was completely different. I he scouted these areas, and I knew the terrain features I wanted to hunt. I think that I would rather use a scrape line because I imagine that there's more bucks hitting a scrape line because the line's longer. <laughs> <laughs> and actually lay eyes on the property first and then start you know, doing my e-scouting whenever I actually knew what it was that I was looking at. I think our deer at home have bigger ranges than we want to admit. Just I, because of the more pressure. I 100% agree. Wrap it up, Kevy. Send us home, baby. <laughs> Welcome back to Born Again Bowhunting Podcast. On today's episode, we got Nick Miller. How's it going tonight, Nick? It is going pretty well, guys. Thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. I'm always down to talk hunting. Absolutely. We love talking whitetail. So um, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, and then we'll dive into, I guess, the deer that you shot this year and go over that. Sure. Yeah, that sounds good to me. Um, I'm born and raised right here in the the heart of Ohio. Um I always say Mansfield, Ohio, but but technically I live and was born and raised in Ontario, Ohio. A lot of people that that don't know the area always joke and say, "Are you from Canada?" And <laughs> it's definitely not where I'm from. So, <laughs> Mansfield, Ohio. Um, 28 years old. Um, I currently work in the uh, energy industry. Um, when I graduated college, I, I got a job with uh, Interstate Gas Supply in Dublin, Ohio. Um, I oversee a, a our sales department. Um, we sell natural gas and, and electricity contracts, um, through the utility companies in Ohio. So been there for almost six years now. Um, I never thought I would get into sales, but, uh, I realized the flexibility that it can allow you and, uh, being a, a diehard bow hunter, like I am, uh, I'm always game to have a flexible work schedule. So, um, then have a side hustle on, on the side with my older brother. Um, we film weddings on the side, um, usually just during the summer months. So we're not interrupted deer season, <laughs> but we do that as well. And then, uh, I coach, coach middle school wrestling. So I keep a pretty busy schedule, but, uh, always, man. always find time to be in the woods. That's right. Not a lot of downtime. It sounds like. <laughs> no, it's not, but I tell you what, I don't know if you guys feel the same way. Anytime, at least in my, my older or more recent days uh anytime i have like downtime i just end up going crazy like i cannot just sit in the house yeah. and relax i got it i got to be doing yep. something yeah i'm right there with you well let's talk about uh, your brand a little bit i know you talked about yourself but let's talk about a little bit about your brand and kind of give people an idea of um you know where they can see your content and stuff like that sure yeah so we uh we have a youtube channel um instagram called the venari effect so yeah my uh my brother and I, we've been filming our hunts for as long as I can remember. Kind of like you guys, you know, you've been, been doing it a long time. It, uh, it's always funny when, when we start talking about this, I, I always, you know, kind of divulge or let people know, like our dad is really who, who started this whole fire. Um, you know, I had a lot of people film their hunts, but when we first started going with him, I mean, we were just, you know, old enough to walk around in the woods with him and he'd be carrying, you know, a camera in his one hand and his bow in the other hand. And what's funny is most of the time he was pulling up the camera and not his bow. Like that's what he always loved doing. And that's, I think why we got, you know, so hooked into videoing our hunts. So I think it was 2010. Um, you know, we were in high school. I think Jake, my older brother was a junior. I was a freshman and we were in some like computer classes. So we started messing around, like, you know, we have all this, this hunting footage. Let's start just like 
splicing some random stuff together and it's always funny to look back on because they're obviously like horrible videos <laughs> yeah, like so me. cringy i know if you look <laughs> at our stuff when we started oh my <laughs> oh my gosh like we just sit and like grill each other about some of the stuff you know we were saying because at that time you know you think you're just like this hot stuff yeah and you, yeah you, you know you don't know a thing in the world but at the time you know you think you do and um but that's really where it started and you know it was it was more or less like I kind of describe it as like a scrapbook. Like we were just editing our videos. So like they just had a place to live basically, you know, we, we would always video our hunts growing up and we have a big family of hunters. Um, so like it was always Thanksgiving and Christmas, you know, we'd get together for the holidays and we would always bring our camera and like plug it in the TV. And it was, you know, like, look at the deer we saw, you know, look at, look at the buck Nick shot or, you know, whatever. And now we just kind of started editing it together. So it was a little more, a little more neat. Um, and then we, we started calling ourselves O-Town Outdoors, which, again, is just hilarious looking back on because there was, you know, absolutely zero thought put into that at the time. Yes, there was. You guys, on- were, you guys were from Ontario, of course. <laughs> yeah, you got it. You got it, man. So, yeah, we just threw outdoors on the end of it. And we were like, oh, cool. Like, we got a YouTube channel now. So we would just throw, you know, random stuff on there from time to time, you know, post Instagram pictures, that whole that whole shebang. And then uh, – you know, time progressed. We, we just kept doing what we were doing just kind of for fun. Um, and then, uh, we graduated college and we started a side hustle that we called Venari studios. Um, Venari is, is Latin for, for hunt or to hunt. Um, and we started filming weddings for people, um, because of our interest in cameras and in hunting, you know, a lot of our friends were starting to get married and they were like, Hey, you guys, you know, do a lot of videoing. Can you video our wedding? You know, one led to the next, led to the next, and we said, "Hey, you know, we could make some money doing this." So yes, you can. <clears throat> we started started down that uh, that avenue, and, that rabbit hole. <laughs> uh, yeah, that rabbit hole. Yeah, just to really, you know, any any money we made, we just were like reinvesting into hunting. You know, whether that was tree stands we needed or new camera gear or whatever. Like it was kind of what fueled our our hunting passion. So I think it was 2020. We kind of decided, like, hey, you know, we do. Um, you know, some of this work for, for people that are getting married, you know, weddings. And then we started doing, you know, some different marketing stuff, um, for like a CrossFit company. Um, we work with a, a bow company, just doing some odds and ends stuff, you know, analytics stuff, media stuff, whatever we said, like, how can we align our YouTube stuff? That's just for fun with, you know, some of our, our side hustle stuff, just so it kind of is a little more neat and, and makes a little more sense. So we stole that Venari name, and uh plugged it into the venari effect and our goal behind that was to get rid of the outdoors um we just kind of wanted to escape that you know hunting outdoor content is is a very saturated you know industry if you will um which i know you guys know and we just kind of wanted to be creative and just just differentiate differentiate ourselves a little bit so that kind of aligned with our our you know wedding business and we kept that same name and it was basically just like i said the the goal behind it was like the hunting effect like what feelings and emotions can we portray in our videos that you know people that maybe don't hunt or are just getting into hunting don't really understand but like guys like yourself that are ate up with it like we are like all those emotions you know the the feelings leading up to the shot the emotions if you wound a deer the um, preparation, all that stuff that we know, like we can't imagine our lives without it, but there's really, you know, not really a good way to describe it to us. That was like the Venari effect. That's what we wanted to try to, to portray, you know, in our videos. So, Sweet. um, 
we just do it for fun. I mean, it's, you know, one of those things where it's when we go hunting, we take a camera, like that's just how we hunt. And it's, it's always fun just to have those pieces to look back on, you know, we hope 10, 15, 20, you know, 30 years down the road, our, our goal with that is just to be able to, you know, relive those experiences, relive those moments. And if we can bring some people some joy in the process, then, then we're happy. That's awesome. Go ahead, Kev. Very cool. I've noticed this year, so this is my first year with the Born Again guys, but like in the stand and stuff, like I'll grab my camera first before I even think about picking up my bow just to get something on film and, and, and watch it. So it's, it's pretty Heck cool. Yeah. 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 It's fun. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. And I mean, you know, it's definitely not for everybody. I give you guys credit cause I know you guys sell film a lot too. And like, that is like, dude, that is tough. That is so tough. And having the discipline, you know, to, to grab the camera, you're probably like us. It, it kind of started with us. Like, you know, you'd come back after a hunt and you'd tell people like, man, I saw this giant eight pointer. Well, that eight pointer is only as big as you can describe it. And you know, nobody's ever going to know if you're being honest. Well, if you <laughs> yeah. video your hunts, you could be like, look at it. You know, this is, <laughs> this is the deer I saw. I'm not yeah, kidding. Right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's very cool. So you were very fortunate this year to shoot a very nice deer, um, here in Ohio. Why don't we, you know, Stud. get into that a little bit as far as what time of year you shot them, how much scouting you did beforehand to get on that deer, um, you know, did you pattern him out, was he a local deer, did he just happen to come by, all that good yeah, stuff. Yeah, just give us the story, history, etc. just lay down, lay it down on us. Yeah. Let's hear it. All right, I will do that. I, I get to rambling, so if I'm just blabbing, feel free to stop me. I'm sure we'll jump in. <laughs> Um, I, I got him on, uh, November 12th, the morning of November 12th. Um, I believe it was seven 45 in the morning. Um, we had been hunting this place pretty hard the last couple of years. And what's interesting about this farm, um, I know you guys can relate to this, you know, following your guys' stuff. We, we don't have access to, you know, hundreds of acres. We don't have, you know, a bunch of land in the family or anything like that. You know, we, we bust our tails in the off season, um, getting permission, but more importantly, maintaining permission. Um, that's like the biggest part in my mind is like, if you're able to access a property, like making sure you're, you're maintaining it and able to hunt it for, you know, multiple years. And that's what this place has, has kind of become. Um, we hunt it, there's like seven other guys that hunt it. So we share it, um, with a handful of people and, uh, it's, it's a couple hundred acres, but it, it hunts pretty big. It's kind of like a, a swamp river bottom system. Um, and it's relatively close to where we reside. So it's, it's kind of easy just to shoot over there. You know, if you get some free time off of work or whatever, but, uh, this deer in particular, um, we had actually spotted for the first time the week before the season. So kind of what my brother and I do, um, leading up to the season, like the week before, um, or sometimes even opening morning, like when, you know, things aren't super hot or whatever, we'll just slip in and basically like just walk the whole place, like just scout it and, and kind of tramps around for careful. We try to put the wind in our face, whatever, but we're not being like super stealthy or anything like that. Just trying to figure out kind of what's going on. Um, so we went in the week before season this year, um, right at first light and we just started walking and this property was logged, um, this past summer. So it, we kind of were like relearning things is, is the way we, we approached it. We learned a lot last year and all that kind of was just a clean slate because of the way the, the terrain was now. So, we were bumping into some deer, um, finding some good sign. Uh, a lot of the oaks that were there last year, they, they timbered out. So we were like, man, I wonder if, you know, I wonder if the early season is going to be any good in here. Well, about that time we were rounding a corner and there's, you know, logging roads obviously throughout the whole property. So you're basically walking through tunnels when you look at the, the treetops yeah. laying yeah. there. 
Um, so we rounded a corner and sure enough, like right down the lane, uh, just feeding the middle of the lane, probably 60 yards away was, was this deer that I ended up killing. And, uh, we didn't have our cameras or anything. We were out, you know, before work and just, like I said, going to swipe through it really quick. And, uh, I pulled my phone out and just started videoing on my phone and we were like, man, that's a, that's a really good buck. And, uh, he ended up just kind of working off, um, you know, back to bed. So we're like, well, we know there's, we know there's one in here this weekend, you know, I don't you know, don't know where he'll be next weekend, but we know there's at least one prospect. So we don't typically bunch of cameras on this piece. Um, uh, so I didn't, I wasn't like monitoring any scrapes or anything like that. So that was, that was pretty much the deer we were going to go in there and hunt, you know, at the start of the season. Um, so we started, you know, our normal routine once the season opened, kind of hitting it pretty hard, but but just being smart, being safe, and uh, weren't really turning up a whole lot of action. Uh, things were pretty slow for us to start, but last year this property really heated up during the rut, and I think I don't know if you guys hunt any like river bottom, but best I can tell is that river bottom almost acts as like a like a highway. I don't know if they just run that system, you know, to get from property to property or what, but that that's how this property lays out. So we were pretty optimistic and, uh, we had not seen him again, um, until no first or second. It was a real windy day, whatever, whatever day was windy in Ohio on, on those two days, we ended up getting down at like 10 o'clock. We had a morning and we were just going to try to walk around and find, you know, we weren't where the deer were. We had some slow hunts. We figured we might as well traipse around and figure out where the deer are. Um, so we just put the wind in our face, kind of walked along the river and didn't find a whole lot. So we started like J hooking back to the truck. And <clears throat> I mentioned earlier, the property was logged. Uh, so there's big logging roads everywhere. And then, uh, there was like just dirt basically on those roads and mud. So it was really quiet walking around. Combine that with the wind. Um, we were, you know, basically bulletproof as we were walking around and we actually walked probably within eight yards of this sucker and jumped him out of a, like a deadfall he was bedded in. Uh, so we're standing there and Jake, my brother looks at me, he's like, dude, why were we not walking around? Like still hunting basically. Cause you know, he, he had his bow that morning and I was videoing and we were just, you know, willy nilly, not really paying attention, just walking around scouting and thought, man, like if we would have, we would have had some about us and had an arrow knocked, we probably could have saw that thing, you know, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, that was that was our second encounter with the deer. Um, from there, we we ended up getting a couple cameras out. We just put them on like scrapes though on the perimeter of the property. I think we had two cameras, so just trying to figure out what other bucks were there, not really like pattern anything. Um, and we got just a couple pictures of him, but nothing crazy, like blurry pictures, like weird, like foggy morning picture, like to the point where I like thought it was him, but I wasn't certain it was him after kind of digging through and spending more time looking, it was definitely him. But other than that, um, we start piece, you know, together like that Intel. Um, I know you guys do the same thing and we, you know, like, why was he betting in that spot on this wind? What do we think he's doing? And, uh, you know, where are a lot of the does betting this time of year? Like why, why is he there? And we kind of figured, um, he was betting there on a South wind and most of the other guys that hunt the property hunt like the South. So we thought, man, maybe he's like coming along the river Cause the South wind blows out to the river and then like Jay hooking into that bed, anything that's, you know, any, anybody that's hunting South, he's catching that wind seems pretty bulletproof. So we started like really hugging that river and, uh, November 10th and 11th, we saw him both mornings in that river. Um, I had him at 13 yards 
I had him at 26 yards and didn't get an arrow in him either morning. (laughs) (laughs) Just a shot didn't present itself. Yeah. Most people, when I, I tell them that I had him at 13 yards, are like, how could you not possibly get a shot off? And I'm sure you guys can relate, but we like, know. until Trust you're me. in that tree, yeah, I can't explain it. <laughs> yeah. No, I think we've all been there before. Like, you know, there's brush in the way, you know, he's behind you at a bad shot angle, just anything can happen. And, you not know, 13 on, yards isn't necessarily yeah. a killable shot. Yep. Yeah, well, that makes me feel better hearing you guys say that. <laughs> like I said, anybody else I talk to, and I just my my response is usually you just you wouldn't understand until you're there. But I knew I knew you guys would. Yeah, he actually, um, we went in, and we you know we, we hung a couple stands in the dark, um, which is a challenge in and of itself. Yeah. And uh, it was the right spot, but it was the wrong tree, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. It uh, once you were up there, you know, and it got daylight, we were kind of like, man, this this looks killer, but my shots are just limited. It was, I don't know what kind of tree it was. I'm not very versed in, in trees, but it had a ton of branches coming out. Um, like to the point where you pretty much could have climbed it without sticks. And I, I should have been where the cameraman was, which was my brother. And he should have been where I was. And then it would have worked out, but that's just not how I hung the stands. And, uh, he was across the river and we had a few does underneath of us. And it was really cool to see. He basically got downwind of those does, which they were just off enough from us that you didn't get our wind. And he hit their wind and turned on a dime and crossed that river, swam across the river, comes up in there. And I've never seen this in all my years. He bumped this doe down a trail that leads her nine yards in front of me. But she had to jump a deadfall. It was actually two trees laying on top of each other. He pushed her to that. She jumped over top of it and she comes right in front of me at nine yards. And I'm, I'm sitting there looking at my chops like this, this thing's, this is over. And like, how, it's November 10th. Like he's not, how is he not going to follow her? Yeah. And he got to that deadfall and he threw his nose in the air and just casually turned around and went right back to trotting and cruising like he was doing when we first saw him. And my best guess is that he's a you know older, mature deer he sent checked her, you know, one more time and was like, she's not ready. She's not in heat. I'm not wasting my time. Mm-hmm. And just went right back to what he was doing. Had no clue we were there. Never, never looked, never wigged out, never winded us. Like it was really cool to see. And in the video, like watching it back, that's the, the only thing I can think of. So I don't know if you guys have ever seen that, but I was like, man, that, I, I was just baffled. He didn't follow her. He was a gentleman. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. She wasn't ready. She She didn't want it, right? She wasn't ready. (laughs) (laughs) Kevin Hart there. (laughs) She wasn't ready. No, but that's really about the only option with it. I mean, he really just realized that he, there was he didn't need to put any more energy yep. into that. Yep. So and he needed to find another one. On the other side of the river, he probably smelled them does. Yep. And he's like, "All right, yeah, I smell those ladies over there." And then yeah. he came across the river, realized that they weren't in heat, they weren't ready, and he went about his day. Yeah. It's the only thing that makes yeah. logical sense in my mind. Yeah. You know. Yeah, that's my best guess. I was curious to see what you guys thought, but. Uh... Yeah, so was she that, was, was she a younger doe? You know, Sorry to cut you off. Was she a younger doe or was she big? No, she was the adult doe. So it was a doe and her two, two fawns. fawns um, gotcha. I think one was a button buck, one was just a doe fawn, and she was the adult doe. So I thought too. I was like, man, maybe he's just lazy. You know, he didn't want to 
because in the video it's crazy like this doe skyrockets over these things i mean she has like she has major ups to get Leaps. over this this log <laughs> i thought like man maybe he just i don't know he's got hops like i do but so you know at that point we were like you know we're in the right spot but you know we probably need to fine-tune something which was our i should say my big mistake i uh just kind of was like, let's give it one more stab. I, I've kind of gotten like a groove of if I hunt somewhere once, I usually hunt there twice. Like I don't want to write it. I don't want to write it off or change something after just like one set. So we had to go, you know, to work that morning then. And then November 11th rolled around. And I don't know if you guys were out on November 11th, but it was a freaking monsoon. It was yeah. an absolute yes. downpour in central Ohio. And, uh, you know, we slipped in, we left the stands, we slipped in that morning and, you know, it was just absolutely pouring. So we got set up, it's getting light and, uh, had a couple does work in. Um, and what was weird is <clears throat> we're just off the river, probably like 25 yards, I'd say. Uh, like the major trail that runs that river though, is probably like 35, 40 yards off of it. So, and that's the trail we were hunting over. And the morning before all the deer were out in front of us. So we were like, that's perfect. That's, that's what we, that's what we set it for. We didn't have shots at all the deer, but to take the right trail, it's going to be a, you know, a 20 yard shot. So that morning though, right at first light, we had, I assume the same doe and two fawns work downwind of us. They got between us and the river and they busted. And we were like, we looked at each other like, oh man, like none of the deer did that yesterday. Like what's, you know, did they get our ground sent yesterday eventually and kind of like, you know, figure us out a little bit. Like we weren't sure what was going on, you know, but like, well, that kind of sucks. They just kind of worked off, but it was, again, it was pouring. So it's not like they made any ruckus or anything like that. They never blew. So did they, so did we they smell you? Did they smell you or did they see you? Cause it'd be hard. No. Go ahead. No, they, well, I think they smelled us. They were just walking, not, you know, looking, not a care in the world and just boom, they hit that, you know, when they hit that wind yeah, tunnel and just yeah, freeze yeah. and lock up, throw their noses up and then, you know, skirted right if out of there. If it's the day so. I remember, man, I can't believe that they winded you because it was pouring. Hmm. I think it was yeah. one of those days where I woke up and said, absolutely said, not. I remember you're like, yeah, I'm not going out. I remember you saying that. <laughs> I said, I'm not getting soaked in this thing. It's pouring, dude. <laughs> It was wicked, yeah. Actually, I turned after that. I turned around to Jake. I was like, "Dude, we're like, you know, there's crazy, and then there's just like stupid. And <laughs> I don't know which line we're towing." <laughs> were you guys in the same tree but, uh, from before? Yeah, yeah, same tree, um, same stand set up. So again, this is where, this is where I, this is where I screwed up. Uh, so I turned to him and said, "Let's film like a quick interview, just kind of, you know, the camera's been like under a rain jacket the whole time. I was like, just slip it out real quick. I'm just going to give a quick update, and then, you know, we'll give it another hour. We'll, we'll get out of here." So he's filming me, and I say in this interview, and it's so funny how the big man upstairs works and teaches <laughs> you lessons. But I, I told him, word for word, I said, um, "You know, I really don't expect to see the buck from yesterday again. He's a you know older, mature deer. He was." you know, cruising hard yesterday, looking for that next hot doe. Like I would be baffled if he hasn't found one by now. He's probably, you know, you know, locked down with it or whatever. Wrapped up the interview. I kid you not. I no sooner turn around to look, you know, the direction I'm facing in the tree and Jake taps me and says, it's him. <laughs> and I'm like, I like, I mean, it was seconds, seconds after I said, there's no way we're going to see this deer today. There he is. <laughs> and, uh, he's slipping along the river coming from the other direction the does did but gonna get between us again and it, i mean instantly i was like oh he's for sure and i have zero shots behind us it's like a 
I actually posted a picture on our Instagram. Um, it's just a, a screen grab of the footage that Jake got. You can like not even see him in the video. It's just like a wicker basket of just multiple rows, like just nasty. And he got the 26 yards just right, right along that riverbank. He was hugging the river and, uh, boom, hit our win, threw his nose up and he didn't wig out. Like I thought he would, he started like, like backpedaling a little bit and then just like turned around and slithered away. Like just, you know, it was, it was like he, you know, like a big deer does. Like he, he got your win. He knew exactly what it was mm-hmm. and he went right back to where he came. Yep. So at that point I'm like, man, how many chances is a guy going to get? You know, I had him at 13 yards, had him at 26 yards and now he busted us too. Like that's probably it, man. Yeah. So we started, you know, we're always scheming like <laughs> Jake and I are constantly, it's probably a downfall of ours. Cause like, It'll be like, you know, a half hour into the hunt and I'm already like, you know, here's where we need to be tonight. And it's like, dude, you got to like, <laughs> you might get a shot this morning, you know, but like, we're always just like scheming back and forth, like, you know, where we need to be, like what we need to do. And so instantly we start, you know, like brainstorming <clears throat> and that was Friday. So we were heading into the weekend and wrestling hadn't really kicked off for me yet. So my weekends, I usually get to hunt quite a bit. And he said, let's split up and we've hunted together and let's increase our odds. Um, you know, we're going to, we're going to split up in the morning. So what we ended up doing is moving one of the stands in that torrential downpour, um, right, like right along the riverbank. Like basically if he's not, you know, in the river, like you're good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we, which we should have done to begin with, he would have been dead both times. But, uh, so we moved that one over there. Um, and then we took the other stand, just threw it on my back and walked probably a couple yards to, there's this real thick, like, it's like swamp grass, I guess is the best way I can describe it. It's just like a bunch of like waist to chest high grass mixed in with like dead ash trees and stuff. It's just kind of gnarly. And we had been off of, uh, work a few days that week. Um, and we had, had hunted a few mornings for, you know, pretty much till like lunchtime. And, uh, we saw a lot of does working back in there. So we said, you know, let's, let's, hang a stand back in there um you know maybe we can catch him either coming from there or heading into there um it's kind of the direction he went the first morning and the direction he came from the next morning like we got a south wind again it's gonna blow out to the river we'll we'll hug it on that side too and uh you know at least increase our odds so we had used the sticks that we had to hang jake's stand that's where he was gonna hunt in the morning so what i did is just basically picked a tree and leaned my stand up against it. And in the morning I was going to come back with sticks and then another stand for my dad. Um, anytime Jake and I don't hunt together, our dad usually is chomping at the bit to go with one of us, which, you know, we love. So, um, that was going to be the plan for the morning. So we slipped in there Saturday, um, bought an extra stand and then sticks for my dad. And, uh, we started getting up this tree that I had originally picked out and, I don't know if you guys get like that gut feeling where you're like, like I'm making the wrong move. And uh, I just had this like overwhelming feeling where I was like, this, this isn't right. This isn't where I need to be. So I'm like halfway up this tree. And I think my dad is like, you like, are you kidding me? And I'm like, I'm tearing, I'm tearing it down. (laughs) So I start, I start yanking the sticks out of this tree, whatever. And, um, end up moving just like five or 10 yards. Um, but it just, it just gave us a better position on this trail that I expect the deer to be on. And start getting up this thing. And it was very similar to the tree we had hung in um, 
a couple of days prior. I, again, I don't know. I think maybe like an elm tree, but it's got branches everywhere. And it had rained the whole day prior, and it's like covered in moss. So this tree was like just so slippery. I'm getting soaking wet, you know, reaching around this tree, hanging these sticks and everything. I'm starting to think too, you know, our dad's like a pretty athletic guy. He's a big guy. And, you know, he, he gets around like not too many six-year-olds do. And uh, I'm like, I don't think, I don't think he's going to be able to get in this tree. Like, I don't, this is not safe. It just was one of those things where you're like, you know, weaving through branches and, and having to grab on those things, you know, you shouldn't be. It just like, it was just weird. And uh, of course I get it hung and I can barely get in the dang thing. And he gets in it with ease. I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, we get set up. It's already legal shooting light at that point in time. I'm sweating my butt off, which I don't know if you guys have any advice for like better layering systems, but if you do, I need to get it from you because I always dress wrong and I end up like soaking wet and then I'm like freezing. <laughs> so I, always, I, always, I always try to walk in cold. Like I, as soon as I get out of the truck, I strip down to almost my base layer. So I'm like almost to the point of like, this is super cold. By the time you start okay. walking, it's good enough. You know, your body temperature's up and then I normally get to the base of the tree, hang my set, climb back down and then put my layers on. So that's what I do. I'll, but I literally always go in in a t-shirt because <laughs> oh, really? you always get too hot. Every time. No, for real. I agree with that. Yeah. I legit will. I think, uh, let's see. It would have been the first our first gun season here. I went in in a t-shirt. Yep. Because I knew oh, I'm wow. like with the walk and everything, I'm like, I will warm up. And you, I did. You honestly want to be like uncomfortably cold when you got out of yeah. your truck. Yeah. Because like when you oh. get out of your truck, you're uncomfortably cold. And you're like, man, it's. But as soon as you start walking, it's not bad. No, you once you up. get halfway up the tree, you're and then like and the then perfect. Yeah, picture. and then once you get to your tree, and by the time you hang your set, like we saddle hunt basically everything, so we we know the, the yeah. feeling of tearing up or or putting up and tearing down. And yeah, yeah, like I don't put on anything warm until I hang my set, climb down to the base of the tree, put my layers on, and then climb back up. Yep. That's what I do. Gotcha. And I can I'll have to start doing that this year. That's that's good advice because, yeah, I mean, it makes perfect sense. But, yeah, I'm always – I think I'm too big of a baby when I get out of the truck. And I'm I just like, I'm not going up. Well, yeah, <laughs> I mean, too. you always want to start with your coat on because you're like, man, it's cold outside. But you really need <laughs> no, to you start don't. lighter. Yeah. I always strip yeah. down to, like, almost my base layers. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And then start yeah, with a cold to shower, with too. You got to take a cold shower in the morning, 3 a.m. Eat raw liver, cold shower. <laughs> yeah, we don't do that. You have to walk to your stand naked, and uh, then, then, you then you're a true hunter. Until <laughs> then, absolutely. then you can be comfy, wumpy in your stand. Okay? Absolutely not. <laughs> I want to be, be warm, Zach. I don't want to scare all the deer away. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. Yeah, albino Bigfoot but. walking through the woods. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the other problem too. Is is yeah, I know you guys hunt a lot of public and stuff too. Like this piece, just the way we have to access it. I mean, we're walking like like a mile in at least, you know, every time. And it's yeah, not yeah. like you know. I think a lot of times private land, you think like oh, it's you know, just a cakewalk. Like it's a pain getting into this property. So that's why yeah, he I, was anyway, back there. I was just soaked at that point. Yeah. Um, and then to boot, I uh, I'm like get my release on or something stupid, and I somehow bumped my hat off my head. And I have no hat, so I'm like, man, I'm like really freezing at this point. <laughs> um, but uh, my good buddy Easton, and and Easton is a you know, part of this, you know, just as much as my brother and I are. Um, he always says, um, I think since I've known the guy, that if you want to kill a big deer, something drastically has to go wrong. 
And I can't believe how many times that has proved itself true, at least for us. I don't know if it's just a coincidence, but it seems like anytime we have a good hunt, something goes wrong. Like you forget something or your GoPro isn't charged or you drop something or like just something goes just (laughs) wrong. Um, So I had that in the back of my mind and I was like, you know, we'll see what happens. Um, So the morning was kind of unfolding. Um, typically on this property in years in years past or i guess last year in particular like there was a lot of late movement in the mornings um, but this year it was kind of flip-flop like we started seeing deer most mornings right off the rip and i don't know if i don't know if that has to do with the crops i don't know if that has to do with the fact that it was timbered i have no idea but just just like most mornings we started seeing deer pretty much right away we had a little um like four corner you know basket slip in and he actually pegged us in the tree i was kind of moving and my dad was up above me quite a bit and he was like trying to get my attention and I, he said you know there's a buck and i'm like kind of moving trying to grab one of the cameras for him and i didn't realize he was like right there so this thing pegged us and just kind of like busted out of there i thought well, that's a great start um and uh after that we had some does work through and then across the river we heard just this like insane buck roar and i don't even know if that's what you call it but i always hear people talk about that it was just like yeah, these yeah. just deep roaring grunts uh, yeah. and uh i couldn't believe we couldn't <laughs> see anything because we we had a pretty good line of view across the river um and i thought man like in my back of my head i was like that's like i wonder if that's him because I, I i failed to mention the morning that he ended up swimming across the river and nudging those does when we first spotted him cruising across the river that's what he was doing he would just like just these deep just bellow grunts and so I like got this feeling. I was like, man, I wonder if that's him. And it probably wasn't 20 minutes later. Um, again, the woods were super wet and I was looking the other way and I just glanced across my right shoulder and he's coming down the trail. And I tapped my dad and stole, stole my brother's words from the day before I said, it's him. And he grabbed the camera and at that time, he's probably at like 25 yards. But Ooh. again, this river bottom is Show. just thicker than snot. And I have about two shots on this trail and he veers off the trail. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. Three days in a row and this dude's getting away again. Mm. So, and, uh, oh, it, go ahead. Is this thick because it's naturally thick or is it also because it was timbered out the year before? Um, so both, but in this particular spot, it's actually like the, the swampiest part of the property. So they actually didn't timber this section. We're like right on the edge of where they stopped logging. Um, and it's just, again, I wish I knew more about like vegetation and and trees, but it's a lot of like really short, like they're basically like bushes. Um, but they're, they're in tree form and they just like entangle and it's almost better to hunt from the ground. Mm-hmm. if that makes any sense yeah. like you yeah. almost can see more from the ground level even with that grass just because once you get up there it's just all this this mess in the canopy and i think a lot of it is because there's a bunch of dead ash trees um on the property which i think is pretty pretty typical for like swamp ground and you know it lets like a ton of sunlight into the the floor so naturally there's just like all this undergrowth that that builds up and yeah, it was definitely like a learning experience hunting in there the last couple of years because not too often do we like get up in a tree and you can almost see less, but right. it, that's seems to be the case a lot of the times yeah. on this property. So, um, he's veering off and, uh, I actually, I, I got so lucky here. This was one of those like mistakes. And now that I'm talking to you guys, I'm like, man, I made a bunch of mistakes these last three days, <laughs> but, uh, I, 
I uh, had been tucking my release into my sleeve just to keep it out of the way from like, you know, bumping stuff. And uh, I just shoot a wrist release. Um, and uh, I, I like pulled it out because I was still obviously getting ready. You know, you never know what's going to happen. And when I pulled it out, it like flung and it hit the riser on my bow and made this just ting. like ting. Yeah, it, was, you know, it wasn't super loud. It's dead quiet in there that morning. Mm-hmm. And he stops in his tracks. He's probably at like, 35 40 yards at this point stops in his tracks and just whips his head around i'm like well i just no he was already walking away but i just definitely sealed the deal on that one (laughs) and you know he stood there locked up for i I don't know a minute or so and just (laughs) mellowed back out i thought what are the odds of that like you know i thought for sure he's out of there he never looked at us he you know looked in the general direction um but i was like man you you know i was just upset with myself um, but at that point in time, like, you know, I had stood up and stuff and, uh, out of nowhere, he just cuts hard and starts like coming back towards us. You know, it's just one of those things you can't explain. You're like, why on earth would he do that? Did he catch, you know, the scent of a, you know, a doe that had been through there? Like who knows? And he, he gets right back on the trail. That's going to lead him past me. And I have one more gap. It's at 36 yards and it's like the size of a bowling ball, or like a pumpkin. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I was like, you know, it's, I'm going to have to squeeze it through there, but I, I shoot a ton. I practice a ton. I, I'm, I'm very confident in myself and uh, thought, you know, I, I, I'm shooting him in that gap if I can get him stopped. So he was just, you know, he wasn't cruising like he was, you know, the day prior. He, he was by himself. But he was just walking like it was almost eerie. Like he was just like real methodically moving through there. And uh, he hits that gap and I, you know, hit him with the, the infamous, you know, man. man. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And uh, he stopped, you know, right then and there. But, <clears throat> I've had a couple deer do this and I don't know if my timing's a little off and I'm, I'm hitting them a little t- bit too late in the gap, but basically when he stopped his front leg, that's facing me, like his, his back and he takes, you know, that next step forward, which just was enough to move his vitals behind a, a tree about the size of my leg. Like, mm-hmm. you know, not a huge tree, but big enough. Like, you know, the majority of, of his vitals are covered. Yeah. And I'm thinking like, I'm already at full draw and I'm like, you know, do I, do I not take the shot and, you know, maybe squeeze one at like 50 if I can somehow figure it out or, you know, I'm confident in my abilities. Do I hug the crap out of that tree and, you know, hit the liver? So I figured, man, I, you know, all this is running through my head, you know, it just in like split seconds, you know, you kind of reflect on all that. And it's like, you know, third day in a row, I've seen this deer. You're not like, shoot, <laughs> another chance. Yeah, exactly. So that tree i'm like to the point where i'm like man i might clip this tree and i squeeze it off and you know i i hit him exactly where i was aiming squeezing right past that tree but as soon as i squeeze that trigger like i knew what the next 24 hours are going to bring like i knew i was hitting that deer back mm-hmm. and you know i i kind of tossed that around like in my head like you know since since that all like played out like you know is that the right thing like should i have done that should i not have done that you know it's one of those things in the moment where I don't know if there necessarily is a right or wrong, but I was questioning at the time, like, man, did I just, I just do the wrong thing. Um, but when I shot, he turned into me, if that makes sense. So he wheeled Mm -hmm. towards me, which also had me a little concerned. I thought, man, if he peels away, you know, I should get an exit a little bit further forward. Maybe I'll catch that offside lung. Well, instead he wheels into it and I can see the arrow coming out basically in his like back opposing groin. So I'm like, man, like that, 
that turned like crazy inside of him. You know, I kicked all the way back and I'm shooting a, you know, a, a relatively heavy arrow at Houston FMJ. I got a hundred grain annihilator fixed head on the front. Like I thought like, man, I did it deflect off something. Like I hit him back. I couldn't have hit like a big rib or anything. So I think it was just because of how he wheeled. He turned, and uh, yeah. Did he turn really fast yeah. on you? Yeah, really fast. Like on impact, he was already like turning. Yeah. Um, so I got to think that was probably just the biggest reason it, it exited back there. Um, but it wasn't until, you know, we, you know, obviously watched him run off. He only ran probably 40 yards and then started walking, you know, real slow tail tuck, your typical, typical signs. Yeah. And then we lost him. I mean, it's so thick in there. Like this deer's at 40 yards and we can't see him anymore. Yep. I'm like, man. So thankfully, you know, we've, we've lived in, we've learned, you know, we were, we were rookies once too, and we made a ton of mistakes and we still make a lot of mistakes and you know, we're not afraid to admit it, but the first buck I ever shot when I was, I don't know, 10 years old was with a crossbow on the ground. I gut shot him and we mm. took up that track job within, you know, 20 minutes and we never found the deer. And after that, you know, I promised myself if I ever gut shoot another deer, like, you know, I, I know now what not to do. Mm-hmm. Um, Thankfully, I hadn't been in that situation since, but now was the time to put all of that, you know, practice into, into play. Um, so instantly, you know, my dad and I are talking like, you know, this is a potentially gut shot deer. We're not going after this thing. We're looping way the heck out and around. We know the direction he went. Like we're playing this as safe as safe can play. Um, so luckily, you know, I mentioned earlier, there's, there's quite a few guys that hunt this property and they're all good dudes. Um, but I, you know, you always, you always are concerned, like if it's going to run into like their setup and like ruin their hunt or, you know, whatever, like they end up, sh- you know, all kinds of stuff go through your mind, but he ran in like the best direction possible. So we try to like stay to like certain sections of the property. Like we'll hunt this section. You guys hunt that section. That way we're not bumping into each other. We got a you know, good relationship. Mm-hmm. So he ran basically further into the section we hunt. So that was a plus. I was trying to, you know, look at like, okay, what, what are we, what are we working with here? So that was a good thing. It was easy to get out and around and, and exit without running into him. Um, and the first thing I did was uh, text Jake Shambry, who um, is a very well-known you know dog tracker or deer tracker with a dog in this area. I have known him for years. Um, I've never had to use his service, but we every season we, we talk about you know certain deer that are hit. I'll send him you know video clips of some of the bucks we shot and just say like. You know, hey, like, what do you what do you think of this hit? You know, is this one that you would recommend waiting this long? Just just to pick his brain. So I knew, like, I'm gonna get a hold of this guy ASAP. I'm gonna need him. I, I want to use him. Um, and the other reason I wanted to get a hold of him like right away is we had talked to him a week or two prior, and he had said he's not taken up as many jobs because his, there's something wrong with his dog. His dog is is getting like extremely lethargic and tired, and he can't he just can't do as many track jobs. He just quits halfway. As he typically can. <laughs> yeah. He said, hey, this ain't, like, ah, ain't worth that treat anymore. I ain't doing this. He's like, yeah, I'm, I quit. He just lays down. <laughs> oh, boy, he says, I'm done tracking these deer. <laughs> well, come to find out, actually, uh, so the Wednesday after, you know, I'm kind of getting ahead of myself, but come to find out he had Lyme disease. That's why oh, man. Oh, from a tick? Yeah, from, from ticks, I'll yeah. do it. We know all about that. Yeah, we do. <laughs> we do. <laughs> yeah, so... um. Yeah, I was like, yeah, I'm gonna get a hold of him right away. That way, I can say, look, this is when I want to track the thing. Like, book me, sign me up, you know, whatever. Like, I want to make sure you're free. So I got a hold of him and uh, of videoing your hunts, which I know you guys are well, you know, know this well is 
yeah, it's fun to relive. Yeah, it's fun to make cool videos. But when you're dealing with a marginally hit deer, it is crucial yeah. to be able to go back and figure out exactly what the heck happened. Watch that film back. Yeah. And uh, it, was, it was funny because we, uh, again, this is just, you know, living real lives and doing this stuff. It's kind of funny when you look back on it. That day, my brother was going to be moving into a new house that they had been working like six months on renovating. Um, so we went back to their house currently. Um, my dad, my brother, and I sat down. Just There's no furniture in the house. Like Everything's packed up. They're moving. His wife's like running around frantic, like cleaning stuff. And she's like, Nick, like you really had to go and shoot a deer you know, today <laughs> of all days. And, uh, yes, you know, we're yeah. sitting there in our camo on the floor with Jake's laptop, like blowing it up, like slowing it way down editing a clip together to send to the dog tracker. And I like, you know, I think I said something to Jake, like, dude, this is the Venari effect. Like this is, these are those emotions we're talking about. Like all this stuff that, you know, people that don't hunt would never even, you know, they'd be like, why in the heck do you care? Like you just hit a deer in, in the guts. Like what, like, well, I don't get it, you know, but like to us, you know, there's all these emotions that are running and it's like, it means everything. And it was just cool. Like living in that moment, like just, you know, trying to make it all work and, and, you know, live our lives at the same time. I don't know. It's just, it's just kind of cool to reflect on and something that stuck out to me. Um, but, uh, yeah, we had sent that over to Jake. He was like, dude, that's, you know, that's a dead deer. Like I would recommend either taking it up in 12 hours or 24. And I said, I'm going to leave it up to you. And I was kind of like hoping he would tell me like, here's <laughs> yeah. what we should do. Yeah, but yeah. I understand now, like, you know, he doesn't want to recommend something and then God forbid, like jump the deer and not find it. And then it's kind of like on him. Yeah which I get. So he was like putting it all on me. Like you got to make up your mind. Right. So, you know, I, I started weighing options. I, I really try to like lay it all out and like do the pros and cons list. And so I thought, you know, okay, we go in 12 hours, probably enough time, but bigger, older deer, like, you know, they're tougher. Um, it's going to be dark. So if we, you know, walk up on him and he's still alive, you know, technically I can't shoot him. And not to mention, it's just going to be harder because it's dark, you know, good luck. I never thought Looking about for blood that. or anything. Never thought about you can't shoot that. You can't shoot. Well, that. legally, yeah. legally and like ethically. I never yeah. thought about that. That's interesting. Yeah, interesting. Keep yeah, going. that's interesting. Yeah, and that, and that's that. one of those. You know, I don't know. I, you know, I always knew it was illegal. I don't know. You know, if like if you were to talk to like the DNR, if they'd mm -hmm. be like, no, like go ahead and dispatch that thing. I, I really don't know how no, that would look. It's uh, legally you're not allowed. Yeah, it's a no. -kill right. It's a it's a rule. I it's in it's that. in the rule book. You cannot. Can I stab yeah. it? Uh, yeah. I don't know about that, but I know you can't. Um, Can I kick it? You can't project. <laughs> you can't yeah. shoot a projectile after legal shooting. Like yeah. after shooting. Like mm. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. So. Right. So I wait, you know, and I obviously knew that and was like, yeah, like that's, that would, that would really bother me if I walked up on him and he's still alive. And I just had to basically like turn around. Like I might as well just have left him at that point. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So my gut was like, man, give him 24 hours. It's, you know, he's not going to be more dead in 24 if he was dead <laughs> in 12. Um, you know, you're going to have daylight on your side. If you need a follow up shot, you'll be able to take it. The only concern of mine was coyotes, uh, which, you know, is always a concern. This property has a pile of them. I thought, man, like I've never, I knock on wood, I've never lost a deer to coyotes. I was like, this is, this is going to be the one. Um, so that, you know, that bothers me. And I was like, man, I don't, you know, I, I don't know. And then I was kind of going back. Like, should I just go tonight? But my gut was like, man, just wait, you know, go in the morning. So that's got a hold of Jake. And I was like, that's what we're doing. And then, uh, told my brother, I said, you get, you get moved into that house today, man. I need you in the morning. <laughs> so, <laughs> Um, 
so the rest of the day, you know, I spent trying to not think about it, but my girlfriend is giving me all kinds of crap because I watched that video, I mean, hundreds of times. Like, that's that's probably putting it, you know, that's probably a low number. Yeah. And uh, I'm throwing it up on the big screen, you know, like just as slow as could be. Um, and uh, she actually was having a bunch of uh, friends over to the house. Um, like I mentioned, our, again, some of her work friends were coming to like surprise her and, and uh, the dog and, you know, whatever else. So, um when they came over uh i i split out for a little bit and this is like one of those things where you know again i i think i toe the line a lot of times between like crazy and just kind of stupid but i uh i was like i'm driving out to the property i'm just gonna go stand out there in the pitch black for however long and just listen for coyotes just it's a long shot but you know i've been trapping coyotes the last few years i know you know sometimes when they get a kill or they, they find something you know they'll like basically rally cry you know mm -hmm. or start howling so i was like then maybe i'll at least you know can pinpoint where this again knew it was a long shot knew it was kind of stupid but i there's nothing like there's no extent i won't go to when it comes to deer so um i drove out there and they're like this is just ridiculous but i actually even there's a road that he potentially could have crossed um just the direction he was heading it was hundreds of yards from where we were hunting was like, you know, as deer do crazy things, I was like, I'm going to look, you know, on the road and just see if there's like any blood, which again, stupid long shot, but there's nothing I won't do. So after that all transpired, you know, it's like approaching, you know, the middle of the night. I'm like, I'm going to go back and try to try to get some sleep. So, um, headed, headed back to the house and, uh, watch the video a couple hundred more times. <laughs> and then, uh, and then, uh, you know, got some Z's and then we ended up meeting Jake out there around like seven thirty, eight o'clock. So, you know, it's basically 24 hours and, uh, had my dad out there. You know, I told him, I, you know, I, I, you were there video. And I want, I want you there above anybody else. And then my brother and then had, um, good buddies, Easton and Corey out there as well, as long as the tracker. And, you know, those were some questions that I asked Jake ahead of time. Like, you know, I've always heard if you got a deer you want a dog to track like number one do not track it at all and number two do not have a lot of people in there because there's just so much going on that like mm. the dog you know can get confused so we didn't even we went to the impact site to look for my arrow which we never found um but after that you know we got the heck out of there there was there was zero human scent on that trail and having you know four other guys they hung way back like i stayed up with jake and the dog um but they they stayed way back they didn't come up in video they didn't do anything they stayed out of the way um and just let the dog and jake work and then i had an arrow knock and just kind of stayed in the yards with them and you know for anybody listening that hasn't used a dog um you know hopefully you don't need to but if you ever if you ever in a position where you can uh i highly recommend it it was one of the coolest experiences i've ever had in the woods uh those things you know if you get one that's that's trained are incredible um something i learned that jake told me is you know i just assumed they followed like a blood trail but basically there's a, a gland like in the in between the hoofs mm -hmm. of you know each deer and that puts off or secretes you know like a different scent and what he said is like on the impact site you got a picture of these deer are basically covered in like baby powder. And when that arrow hits them, they release this like stress, um, out of their body. And it's basically like this powder that falls on the ground. You know, we can't see it. It's not, you know, actually powder, but the dogs can smell it. And that's how they, a lot of times can pinpoint that particular deer on the impact site and then get on its, its gland. That's crazy. Not, not, yep. That's crazy. Yeah. It was news to me. I was like, that's, 
that in and of itself is awesome. Like I had no clue. That's, that's how that worked, which makes sense now because, you know, there's who knows how many deer or, you know, were on that trail from the time I shot him until, you know, right. 24 hours later. Yeah. So it makes sense, but it took him, uh, it took him a while to get on it. You know, he, he kind of like, you know, just paced back and forth for, I don't know, five or 10 minutes. And I was like, you know, I, I had no idea what to expect. So I just you know, assumed that was normal, which I think it, think it is. Um, ended up finding like a speck of blood along the way. And, uh, there was like a point in time where you almost like snapped your finger where the dog was like on it, but like, he kind of kept getting off of it. And Jake would like, kind of like take his head and like put it back in the trail and like get on him, you know, find him. And, uh, like, it was like, you snapped your finger and all of a sudden, like he just had it. And from that point in time, it was probably like a couple of minutes and this thing found the deer. Like it Holy was smokes. That's the crazy. whole thing. The whole thing probably took like 20 minutes. Hmm. Um, which again, I had no clue, you know, how far he would have, you know, would go. And I didn't know if, you know, coyotes pushed him or, or anything, but, uh, yeah, once that dog like really had the scent, really had the trail, I mean, it was, it was like minutes, which was cool. Um, so, so I had hung back and I just heard Jake kind of go, good boy, you know, good boy, good boy. So I was like, oh, cool. We got him. <laughs> That's when you take off running and say, we found him boys. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah. how far was Dad he? And, how far was oh, he then from the shot to where he was dead? Uh, about 175 yards. Oh um, wow, that's enough. That's really not that bad. Though. No, no, no. They can go no, a lot and, farther. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And this the river kind of makes like an oxbow, and he headed basically just straight back into it. So yeah. I think we would have found him even without the dog, because um, again, like just looking at the terrain and, and like, you know, looking at maps and stuff, like I was like, man, he doesn't, you know, he doesn't have like a whole lot of real estate to go um, unless he gets in the water, which, you know, the whole, it's a swamp, the whole property's water. So it was like, I was joking with my brother, like, you know, they say, you know, gut shot deer, go to water or whatever. I was like, the whole thing is water. <laughs> yeah. The deer's just going in circles. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. So uh, what was the, the, the events that happened right then and there was like, again just crazy to me because i i just didn't expect it i go like running up to the deer you know i'd been like heck yeah like obviously you're at like the peak of your emotions right and jake is like dude don't like don't come any closer and i was like what he was like yeah like this dog will tear you up like oh, don't come anywhere yeah. near this deer so he's like you know he's like just gnawing on the hind quarters of this <laughs> thing i mean like rip like There's ripping this thing to shreds and uh he's like yeah dude like this is like this is his deer like that's how they look at it you know this is his reward like this is his now like don't like don't come near it i was like holy cow so i'm like standing there you know like 20 yards away as this dog just like annihilates my deer <laughs> <laughs> and uh he eventually pulls him off and it's like the funniest thing in the video this dog starts just like whimpering and whining and howling like he was so sad you know like <laughs> then he just took him off this deer. Yeah. And uh, so he said, all right, you can go, you know, you can go check him out now. So I go over there and I said, you know, I'll, I'll eventually would like to get pictures with you and this dog. And he's like, yeah, we will. But when we get in pictures, like, don't move that thing. Like if you, if you jerk him around, like this, dog, like this dog will get you. I'm like, Dude. like I'm like sitting there like, I'm about to get attacked by this thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it ended, you know, it was all fine. Obviously the dog is super well-trained and Jake is, Jake is incredible with him. Um, so he ends up, you know, mellowing out and everything's good. And, uh, but yeah, uh, that was pretty much it. And come to find out it was basically center. Punch. Um, so I thought it was a lot further back than it was. Um, 
center punch the liver. And then with that deflection, um, you know, I ended up catching, you know, guts and then two, but it was so a straight, you, straight you, liver hit. And then on the exit, catching some of that stuff as well. Um, and it looked like this always fascinates me. Like, you know, a gut shot dude, like how many times did he bet or whatever? That was his first bed. Like he, you could see he was, he was in this just nasty, like multiple rows. Just, I mean, what he walked into is like where big bucks go to die. And, uh, there was two beds in it and they were side by side. So he looked like he bedded down at some point in time, he got up and he went right back down. Um, so I had asked him too, uh, cause he sees, you know, way more dead deer than I ever will. And I said, you know, how long do you think he was dead? Cause he was, he was not stiff at all. Like not even a little bit. And, uh, he said he just thought a few hours. Um, so I don't know if it was a few hours cause he wasn't warm. So I thought maybe like, if I'm not mistaken, I think they like go enter into rigor mortis and they come out of it. Um, so I don't know if he was dead for a lot longer and he like, you know, stiffened up and he was getting loose again, or if he really was only dead for a little bit. I, I don't know, but yeah, it's funny that you said that it was a center punched liver because typically that's like a four to seven hour wait time. And typically with a liver kill or a liver shot that you can, you can go fairly quickly at least from my experiences i've got some buddies that have shot some some liver deer as well and a lot of times they're we wait you know six hours and they're stiffer than a board so i was i was actually going to say so he was dead within six hours but then you just definitely debunked my theory because you said that he was only a couple hours dead and if you center punch his liver man that's I guess it just shows that every situation is not the same and just be cautious and then, and a wild animal, especially a mature animal there, a mature whitetails desire to live is unmatched in my opinion. Yeah. And, uh, yep. it just goes to show that you made the right move by waiting 24 hours because and he might've been alive still. If you would have went in there any sooner, you might've jumped him up and then yeah. bye bye deer. So, so the deer, it, I got go something ahead. to add here. The deer that Kime shot a couple years ago, he said the season before one of the neighbors shot it through the liver, and it made it. Really? Wow. Yeah. It was. I don't think it was like a, a center punch in the liver, but he said it got a good got portion it. of the of the liver. Wow. And that thing lived for the next season though. See, it just shows so, the man these the deer. The will to live is crazy. Like what about that video on Instagram or that or social media where that dude, that big one that puffs up? Have you guys seen that? That dude center punches that deer on video and then the neighbor kills him and he's got like all infected and he's all puffed up and i haven't seen that i'll have to show you guys i'm talking out my butt right now but <laughs> it's crazy it just yeah, shows it just I mean, shows like how tough these animals are well yeah. that deer that yeah. didn't die was the liver king so. yeah <laughs> <laughs> he must have been eating some, he was eating the raw liver he was boy. eating his own, never mind say he was, eating <laughs> he was ripping it out <laughs> Testicles and liver, yeah, boys. He was just, yeah. He oh was the gosh. true liver king. Oh That's hilarious. Oh, liver king no more. Busted. Oh, <laughs> busted. Steroid king, baby. <laughs> so funny. And again, I, you know, I don't know, like, I personally think he was dead for, like you said, like four to six hours after. And he, because I've had deer, you know, that, that are super stiff. And then, like, we'll let them lay all day. And then we'll, like, take pictures the next morning or something. And, like, they're kind of loose again. Yeah. So I almost feel like he, he – I agree with you. I think he was dead for a lot longer. And then he hit, like, rigor mortis and then came out of it. Because he was cold. You know, if he was not stiff and, like, warm, I'd say, man, he, 
he was cold. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, you know, we'll never know, but, uh, yeah, you're right. It just seems like they're tough as nails. And, you know, if I would have found my arrow, I would, I would have, you know, if I could have told, you know, if I could have like, okay, this is a liver shot for sure. I probably would have went sooner. What was weird is in the video, you can, as he's running away and I can't believe I didn't get a pass through. It's just hanging out of his, like his hip by like the fletchings, like mm. just barely hanging out yeah. of him. And so I'm like, oh, we're going to find this five yards up the trail. Right. Like, there's no way. We never, ever turned up that arrow. Some good I mean, we we walked that trail. My dad, while we were, like, gutting the deer and taking pictures and stuff, he he uh, just walked up and down and up and down and up and down that trail. And we never turned that arrow up. That's I have no crazy. clue where it went. You probably should have looked up. It was probably in a tree somewhere. <laughs> Honestly, he, on the run. he probably hit a tree while he was running, running by, and it went straight up, and it's laying above your head. <laughs> I swear, well, I've seen it. It could be. I believe it. And I always assume the worst. Like I wanted to find that arrow for the dog's did sake. Did you have a lighted like, knock on it? That? I did not, no. Nope. Which Jake and Easton and Corey and all my buddies give me all kinds of crap for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was just shaking my head at you right there too. So I tell you what, I need to come see you, Zach, because I just mm. I don't know what it is. It's, it's called probably, I, I don't know anything pinch. about bows when it comes to this stuff, but Whenever I throw, um, they all shoot nocturnals. Whenever I throw nocturnals on my Easton, the the annihilator broadhead, they fly like I I don't know, like terrible. They're Come all over the place. Come on Come over, on son. Over. Old Chrome's <laughs> will take good care of we'll you. Collab. We'll do a collab. All right. <laughs> all right. I'll have to do that. Yeah, for sure. No, for real though. Come <laughs> over. I'm in. I'm in Creston now. So my basement. Oh, okay. Yeah, is your basement. You're a half an hour from us. So yeah. So, oh, right on. I okay. got a full shop down in the basement, so I will assist if you need it. But yeah, cool. that's right. Like when you swap back and forth, uh, you got to retie a whole knock set for your uh, lighted knocks because they are thick. It's called knock pinch. So basically, yeah. your and I'm not stealing Cromer's thunder, but it's it's uh, your lighted knock is wider, She's thick than <laughs> your regular hunting knock or whatever knock comes on your arrow. So when you when you draw your bow back, what's happening is your string angle is putting unwanted pressure on your knock. So actually you have to make your D loop a little bit wider and it'd be nice if you tied in some knock points with some like, uh, I can't believe Dan Yas is not hooking you up with some bow tuning. What the heck's going on? (laughs) You're right, man. Well, he did. He did a couple years ago, but I switched bows and, uh, I just, yeah, it was, man, it was one of those things where a normal person just would, yeah, just took it to, you know, you or somebody else. And I just like was shooting so good with what I had. I was like, yeah, you know, I know. You know I'm going to, yeah. I'm going to double lung this thing. I'm not going to need to know where my arrow <laughs> went. And, yeah. That's right. <laughs> and, then, and then God teaches you, you know, yeah. not so fast young man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Slow down boy. Nice. So I'm always curious because I'm a numbers guy. What did that deer end up taping? 151 even, hey, which, uh, nice. yeah, he's good deer. Um, I like, like always, I always think my, Easton and Corey always dog me because on the hoof, man, I'm always like 20 inches bigger than it actually is. Like I was convinced this deer was like 170 inches. You know, I don't, I'm not one that, you know, necessarily cares about score. Um, but I like at least one time want to be right. And I was definitely wrong. Yeah. Yeah, It's it's hard to judge them on the hoof, to be honest. I feel like trail cameras and on the hoof obviously are like, I mean, obviously, people always misjudge, but especially at night, trail camp, night pictures, and then when they're on the hoof, like your adrenaline's pumping, it's definitely hard to judge deer. 
So yeah, when he was at 13 yards that first morning, I looked at Jake. I'm like, dude, that's that's 170 inch deer. He was like, <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. And then uh, you know, we'd see him three days. So I was like, and we jumped him at like eight yards at mm. one point. So I'm like, you know, I'm, yeah, I'm probably close. Like we got to see this thing up close twice. Yeah. No, I'm not. I'm not good at that. <laughs> <laughs> so I had. I and, had. Uh, go ahead. Sorry. No, I was just gonna. I was just gonna wrap up and say, uh, we, uh, you know, obviously, you know, got to process and eat all of our deer meat and everything. And this is the first deer I ever processed that had wounds. Um, he had a wow. pretty gnarly wound on his like puncture back. Wound. It would have been the, the the side that was facing me, his left side, his uh, hip. And I couldn't really tell. Like you know, there was I was fishing around for a broadhead because it was like a deep like gash. And it was actually bad enough that the sometimes we'll process our own deer, but you know life's been busy, so I took it somewhere, and they actually didn't give me like one of his hind quarters and all that. It was, meat. It was all like yeah. nasty and in- infected and stuff. So yeah, I thought pro- that was kind of cool. It was probably a gore, a gore mark from another buck. I've I've from, shot a few one seventy. I've shot a few that have had cores <laughs> in them. Yeah, from a one seventy. <laughs> so from the actual one seventy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. So Nick, yeah. I had I had kind of a question and it'll probably be what'll wrap this podcast up. And um please uh don't take any offense to this and I, I just I, I'm gonna be careful with how I word this. But um your progression that's a good, way, that's, a good that's an interesting way to start a question. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no yeah. offense. Sorry, I, I just sometimes I say what's on my mind and I don't think about how I say things. But um your your guys' progression over the years, um I want to know what changed in your hunting style or your tactics or your properties. way of getting properties, your your progression of killing um, bigger whitetails over the last couple of years has skyrocketed, in my opinion. When we first met you guys, um, you know, it was just, you're not, you weren't killing the deer that you guys are killing now. And I'm, sure. I'm very impressed with what you guys have been laying down the last couple of years. What what changed? Because, yeah, it's it's been night and day, in my opinion. Yeah. Well, first, I, I appreciate you asking this question because I was hoping actually you would. Um, so you're absolutely right. Um, and what's what's funny about this is we you know had YouTube or, or social media or anything when we were growing up. Um, we were shooting really good deer. Uh, our dad, whether he knew what he was doing or not, man, he was he was putting us on deer. Um, I killed a lot of really good deer when I was in like middle school, um, elementary age. And then when we started really getting into filming our hunts and producing things, we fell into what, um, I think a lot of people do when they get into this, I hate even using the word industry, but we were the guys that wanted to get sponsors, partners, you know, we had, we had this idea in our head of what this was supposed to look like. And we completely abandoned any woodsmanship. Our dad had taught us any sort of, you know, um, knowledge we had, had gained just from our experience and being out there. And it was all about products. It was all about, I got to use this. I got to do this. I got to be in this spot doing this thing for this video. And it was miserable. I, I mean, it was miserable. Not only were we not killing deer, but I was like, what are we doing? You know, like this is, this isn't us. This isn't hunting. Um, this isn't what we, you know, grew up doing. And I'm glad we, I'm glad we, I'm glad we went through that actually, because, um, when we started killing good deer again, a, a handful of years ago, we dropped all that stuff. We don't, we don't work with any, I mean, we have like a couple buddies that, that, you know, make products like our friend Shay, he, he's a knife maker that we'll, we, 
using, we would use them anyway type deal. We, we don't work with anybody anymore. Um, other than those, it's all about, I don't want this to sound like selfish, but it's all about us. Like it's all about just no, having res- fun with your that. buddies, yeah. with your families, making memories, doing it the way that we know how to do it, that we have fun, you know, doing it. That's what it's about for us now. And our success turned and reset on a dime when we started hunting again and not producing, if that makes um, you know, the YouTube videos, whatever we, you know, we hope people watch them and we hope people enjoy them, but man, we do it for us. Like whether zero people watch or a hundred thousand people watch them, they're going, they're going on YouTube. It's our scrapbook. It's our memory book. Like that's what we enjoy doing. But now, you know, we hunt based on sign. We hunt based on experience. We hunt based on, um, you know, what we're learning out there real time. And I think, you know, if I had to pin it down, that's that's what happened um in my opinion uh and and being mobile too i I always joke like there's this big um like push right now like mobile hunting Mm -hmm. and we we've had this conversation that you and i are having right now like multiple times when we were killing big deer as kids with our dad we were mobile hunting not in the way that it's it's portrayed now we would hunt you know from the ground um, and we would bounce around with a crossbow. That's mobile hunting. We, yeah. we were never yeah. hunting in the same spot. We were all over these properties. Did we know what we were doing? Were we lucking into some of them? I'm sure. Our little sister killed a 165-inch giant from the <laughs> ground sitting on a five-gallon bucket. Like, you know what I mean? Good like there was, there was clearly luck that played into a lot of those situations. Um, but we weren't, th- you know, we weren't, we weren't spending a bunch of time thinking. We were putting the wind in our face. We were getting in spots where, you know, deer were, and we were having fun. And we completely got away from that to the point where it was almost miserable. Like we, like, it was almost like, what, you know, what are we doing? And I know, I know other people go through that, that get into this, this sport. And by sport, I mean hunting and filming. I know there's other people that go through the same thing, um, which is why I'm glad you asked the question. Cause I, I'm, if I talk to young people that are getting into this stuff, I always let them know, like, look, you know, there's going to be people that approach you. There might be people that you want to approach. Use your head. Like yep. the, there's some dirty people out there and it just, it makes this, this sport that we love not as fun. Um, so that was, I know a very long winded answer to your question. And I really appreciate the question. And the, the next thing I'll add that is uh, aside from that is we are very, very fortunate to hunt some very good properties. We put in a, a just a, crap ton of work getting these properties and maintaining these properties and these relationships um i mean some of the stuff we do for and with these landowners is probably unheard of um but i would be lying if i said that we don't have some some very properties to hunt because the older i get the more i realize how important that is you know if there's not 151 inch deer to go and hunt you can't you're not going to kill 151 inch deer yep i i stand by that every day you can't kill a ghost and I tell exactly. that I tell that to everybody. Yep. And I am super appreciative and do not take for granted the properties we hunt because I know any any year we could lose them to a sale or to a lease Trust or me. to I know all about members. it, son. I know all about yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know you I know you guys operate the exact same way, which is why I, I appreciate talking to y'all because yeah. I know some people don't yeah. don't really understand it. And then the last thing I would say as far as the success is I'm very blessed and fortunate to have a brother that is the man like me and him are, you know, best friends. And he picks me up when I'm, you know, going through the grind and I do the same for him. And we're constantly, like I said, scheming and, and trying to make each other better. 
uh, dad, that's the same way. You know, he's just as eaten up with it as we are. And he hasn't, I mean, he killed a deer a couple years ago, but up until then, like the dude never carries a weapon. Like he just wants to be out there with us, like pushing us, you know, videoing us. And then Corey and Easton, um, you know, I, I you guys, I, I, I enjoy talking to you cause I know you got a tight group of buddies sitting there on that podcast that all think the same way, all have the same passion, all have the same desires. And I'm very blessed with the same thing with, with Corey and Easton there, you know, just as eaten up with it. I don't know anybody else um, in my circle that, that can understand the things that, that I go through and talk about when it comes to hunting. And I know they're right there, you know, with it. So that to me, the older I get plays into this success. Cause like, if you don't have that support system, whether it's your wife or your, your, your family, you know, brother, friend, whatever, like, it's not as fun. Like, it's kind of just like, ah, man, I'm going through it. You know, like not seeing deer again, you know, I miss this deer and I'm just sitting there having to eat it, you know, all by myself. Like if you don't have that, man, it's tough. So I would be remiss if I didn't, didn't say that as well. Yeah, no, it's, it's a big part to have a good support system out there with you. And, uh, you know, like you said, pick you up when you're down and, and pick them up when they're down too. Cause that plays in a big factor. Yeah, and, and I respect the heck out of that answer, Nick. It takes a big man to say, you know, that you made a mistake in the past, and I, I feel like a lot of people just want to use an excuse or this or that, and I'm, I appreciate that. I appreciate your honesty, and I just gained a lot of respect because, um, to be honest, I, I kind of thought maybe that you guys just fell into, like, a killer property. It kind of sounds like you guys did pick up some property, but it's definitely from not of lack of effort, yeah. and uh, I, I gained a lot of respect. So um, you definitely got – a lot of, i'm gonna say it again you definitely got a lot of respect from me so i appreciate it yeah no no again i appreciate the question i like i like those tough those tough questions but uh yeah so well that was i don't know if you guys have anything else but that was that was a lot of fun like i said i always man i'm always down to talk to your hunt and i yeah let's do I'm it just, again just Absolutely. like you guys i'm sure you could could do it all day every day <laughs> oh yeah yeah uh we'll let everybody know where they can find your guys' stuff again uh, at the Venari effect, uh, on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, um, we're on all those and yeah, just, we don't really have like a schedule or anything. You know, we, we got busy lives and we, we post when we can. Um, I, I kudos to you guys for getting together every week and having a podcast like that. That takes, that takes a lot. I always say, you know, my favorite people to follow in this industry are, are the actual real world, world people that have jobs and families and still make time for this stuff every single week. Like, you know, it's, it's cool to hunt all the time, but like, that's not real. That's not relatable. Like if you're hunting, yeah. you know, 365 days a year, I can't relate to that. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm trying to squeeze this stuff in and, you know, a couple hours here, a couple hours there. So I got the utmost respect for you guys and, and doing your videos, doing your podcast, all that stuff. Cause I know you're the same way. I know you got, got a lot going on. We appreciate yeah, we that. We do appreciate that. And I just want to throw in a little plug for you guys. If anybody is wanting to see some like grade A photography these boys their instagram page is fire yeah it's so very like, good like if you're looking for like professional like pics go check out their instagram page because it is it's it's quality so i'm always jealous of the the work that you guys put in on that kind of stuff so appreciate it it's funny the the uh i i usually do the instagram stuff just because i'm not smart enough to edit videos and jake has my brother jake has uh three kids and a fourth do any day now True. so like anytime you know it's like we're we don't have videos coming out because he's got you know he's got a lot of kids running around and stuff and i i'm not smart enough to edit videos so i just <laughs> i just stick to the pictures <laughs> <laughs> all 
Alrighty. Well, thank you for coming on. We had a good time, good conversation, and uh, congratulations on the deer. And, I mean, that was pretty cool that you guys were smart enough to call in a dog rather than just go tromping through the woods and, you know, possibly bump the that dog, deer again. The dog thing is exploding. It in is. In the last, two, last year or two, it is blowing and up. It, it blows my mind that there's some states that it's not legal for yeah. you to yeah. track a dog. I feel but, like a couple of years ago, not to get down the rabbit hole, yeah. but I feel like a couple of years ago it was like frowned upon mm-hmm. to yeah. bring in a dog. Like, oh, you're bringing in a dog? Yeah. Like, yeah. You can't find it yourself. You can't find it yourself. And nowadays you got drones finding deer. Yeah. So it's yeah. like, yeah. you know. Drone deer recovery. <laughs> Free plug. <laughs> yeah. Which I don't want to keep you guys. I probably rambled way too long. Oh, I, no, like yeah, I told you earlier, good. I have a tendency to do that. But speaking of the drone thing, I saw that, and I didn't listen to it yet, but I thought that was legal. I thought you couldn't use so, a drone to aid so in any sort there, of like recovery or locating yeah, of there, Calling them out. <laughs> listen, listen. I am not claiming anything. Yeah. I am not trying to get this dude in trouble, but there's a lot of gray area that that dude's floating around. So that's okay. So I'm with you, Matt. We we know we kind of know the situation not on a personal level, but we know somebody that knows him personally, and we kind of have the inside scoop. And um, <clears throat> what he's doing is legal. Um, okay. But if they hunt, if anybody hunted that property, I think it's within 48 hours of him using that drone. That is 100% illegal. Mm. So if he finds that deer and it's alive, according to law, I guess, yeah. and don't quote me on this. No, th- this it's, is right. It's 48 hours that nobody can step foot on the property with hunting intentions. Wow. Didn't know that. But if he finds it dead, they can go in and get it. They yeah. can recover it. But I, I think even if they find it dead, they can't hunt the property for yeah, it, 48 hours. Yes. So, um, wow. Also like the property boundary lines, like a lot of people are asking like, well, does he have permission to film on somebody else's property? It's, it's a uh, federal airspace. So he's actually flying so high that he is in mm. federal airspace yeah. where he's like two, 3000 feet. And that's he's why he has that drone. Yeah. The big drone, the way it is, is so that he can get high enough to where he can get around the property boundary yep. situation. Where he doesn't have to get permission to yes. fly above somebody's property. Correct. Yeah. And uh, Interesting. just so you're, because we know all about this, because we were asking the same thing. That drone that that dude flies is like thirty grand. Twenty one thousand is what he said. It, it ended Holy up cow! Yeah. So I mean, if holy you, cow! If you want to buy a pickup truck or a drone? <laughs> you know, like so. Yeah, yeah I mean, dude, you know, you know how many tree stands you could buy with that? Yeah. <laughs> now, quickly, crazy, really quick, like I watched something on the internet. That deer can be dead for a couple days, and he's so yeah, good he's with that. Still finding because it. the sun warms up the carcass, yeah. Yeah. and then when the sun today. goes down, the the heat radiates off of his body. Yeah. So he did a that's crazy. He did a podcast with working. Yeah, that's where. I see oh, it. that's where it was. Working and, class and he said, or something. He said if that deer is dead within five to seven hundred yards, five hundred to seven hundred of where you hit the deer. He will find it. That's what he said. I know. Yeah. He was confident. He yeah. said, I will find it if it's five hundred to seven hundred yards from where you yeah. hit it. Yeah. yeah, but I don't wanna I don't wanna like bash on the dude because yeah. I, I respect the heck out of him. No, I think yeah. it's cool. As long as he's doing it legally and like yeah. as long as everybody else is doing it legally, I have no problem with it. I do know that his prices are whew, like I'm not gonna say numbers two, because probably two dogs. Let's just say two to three may, dogs. Probably six dogs. Mm, yes, yeah, trust me. Right. Trust me. I know. If, yeah, that's right. I mean, right. his wow. prices are so high that like 
Yeah. Well, you got to pay for a twenty-one thousand dollar yeah. draw, though. Yeah. Yeah. But his yeah. odds of finding it are like pretty high. He, he has like good. a ninety-eight percent success rate right well, yeah, now. Yeah, because he'll find it alive. But yeah, that's also something a dog nuts. won't do. Yeah. See, a that's dog that's find it that's alive. the benefit of the drone, and yeah. that's why it's causing so much stir right now. Is because dog's gonna go in there. You're gonna be with the dog. You're gonna push that deer. You're gonna push him a mile. Whatever. A drone can fly over and. He's not gonna move, and he's got a spotlight on it. So at night, like when he finds the deer with his thermal, he just throws the spotlight on it, and then they take a picture of it, and they're like, "Yep, that's the deer, and he's still alive. Can't hunt here for forty-eight hours. Yeah, it's crazy. That's nuts. Yeah, and I don't, I, I don't know the dude at all. I just randomly stood on like TikTok the other day. So yeah, yeah I don't, yeah. I don't want to bash the guy either. I, I just, yeah, like raised my eyebrows from it. I was like, huh. That's legal. Trust me, <laughs> trust me. No you're not the only one that thought that. There's a lot of people <laughs> that have been asking the question. He has raised a pretty big stink, to be honest. But as far as I know, he's in the right. He's doing the right yeah, thing. Listen, he's, if he's, he wasn't, the first TikTok video would go to the cop yeah, call, I mean, he would have been if, taken down. Exactly. If he was yeah. in the wrong, he would yeah. have been the busted law by would now. have taken him out by now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm sure too. If you're gonna if you're gonna jump down an endeavor like that and go on a big podcast yeah. and yeah. whatnot, you probably get your ducks in a row first. Yeah, yeah you're so gonna do some that's, research. He's probably got yeah. permits and all kinds of stuff. He does. He, honestly, yeah. he does. Yeah. You're probably not gonna buy a twenty one thousand dollar drone unless yeah. you know what's going on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, the dude. That's safe to say. Yeah, the dude's done his research, but it's paid off. I think. It if I ever kill off. a monster, I might give him a call. Honestly, <laughs> like I don't know. Like if I ever have a questionable yeah. shot Tempting. on a monster, because like he can. Yeah, most of his recoveries are like ten minutes. He flies that That's thing up and nuts. check him out on YouTube, Nick. It's actually pretty interesting. He's got a he's actually okay. He's got a big following. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. he's been Taking filming off. a lot of the recoveries and stuff like yeah. when they get there. And well, it's pretty cool. Well, my wife. Good news and bad news. Good news, I found my deer. Bad news is I won't be able to make the truck payment this week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dude, this guy, if he does this long enough, he's probably going to find, like, bodies and all kinds oh, of things. Oh, you know? I never thought, thought of that. that. Yeah. I never thought about that either. Well, yeah, he could, he could find people just he hiding out missing, in the woods. missing people or missing yeah. person report or whatever. I'm sure they're already yeah. doing that, FBI. and Oh, you know that you got Oh, they are, yeah. ODNR, when they fly the plane around uh-huh. during gun season, they have a thermal camera up there. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Because, like, Crazy. during gun season, you always see that plane flying around. That's ODNR. Yep. All right, we're, we got to wrap yeah, this up. Get out of here. It's getting bad. Yeah. We're getting deep. Yeah, just, <laughs> Me too. Well, hey, good luck to you guys as well. I know from following you guys, I'm, I'm sure you're on. I'm sure you're on good beer. So good luck, and hope you close it out. One would think so. <laughs> <laughs> we appreciate it, buddy. Thank you. All right. Doesn't Let's matter what you. Doesn't matter what you've done in the past. You can always be born again, and born again is out. Peace. Peace. Yeah.